Hey there, wonderful people. Welcome back to the City of Transformation Church podcast, the spot where we dive into real talk, real stories, and real transformation. We're thrilled to have you here. Today's sermon is more than words. It's an opportunity for divine transformation. So take a deep breath, center your heart, and let the word resonate within you. 1 Kings chapter 17. That's where my assignment is this morning. I have a word that will propel you to the next level. Can somebody shout a better amen? Amen. I've come back loaded, refreshed, refired, and ready to push you to the next level. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to speak into your life. And as you take what God has deposited in my heart and put it into practice, your life will change. Look at your neighbor and tell them, get ready for change. Tell him one more time or her one more time. Tell him or her, get ready for change. Mm. Men, are you in the house? Can I hear the men? Men, are you in the house? Also, you get ready for change. We are going to the next level. Can somebody say amen? First Kings, are you there? From verse 1, the Bible says, and Elijah... Change this light. Supposed to be white. Thank you. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I mean, this is room service. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Somebody say mercy. Because there had not been rain in the land. Verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. I have commanded a widow there. Commanded. I love that word, commanded. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. Tell your neighbor, when God tells you something is true. Now you're not talking to your neighbor nicely. Look at them straight in there and tell them, neighbor, when God tells you something. It is true. He came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water. Sorry, water. In a cup, in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hands. This prophet here sounds very uncouth. He says, bring me water. While she's going, say, while you are at it, come back with bread as well in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. That we may eat, eat, and do what? And die. Wow. In fact, that was her last meal. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Such a selfish prophet. Don't you think so? 
If it was in our days, he could have made headlines. A prophet who ate a widow's last meal. Some pastors. <laughs> Verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day. Hey, this is powerful. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. This morning, I want to speak on the subject surviving a dry spell. Surviving a dry spell. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you shall survive. I think this message resonates very well with Kenyans because of the unga thing. Look at your neighbor one more time and tell them you shall survive. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you and bless you for this moment. I pray that you use me to speak your word to the hearing of your people. Open their hearts to receive what you have for them. I pray that you change us. I pray that you touch us. I pray that you transform us. I pray that you catapult us to the next level. Through your word this morning, oh God, we receive your word. Let your word be planted in the recesses of our hearts. Let your word bring change and transformation in our hearts. Let us live here having heard your voice. We give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in God's presence. Surviving a dry spell. A dry spell is a period in your life when nothing seems to be working. A dry spell is a season in your life when you don't see progress, you don't see productivity, or you don't see increase. It is a season or a time when you don't see the fruit of your labor or the fruit of your diligence. You don't see the returns of your hard work and sacrifices. It is a season where you put so much, you invest so much, yet get so little or even nothing. That's what we call a dry spell. Let me hasten to say that a dry spell is a season in your life that you pray and you pray without ceasing, you fast, you spend time in God's presence praying over situations or praying over yourself, or praying over your circumstance, but nothing tangible comes out of your prayer. You put so much energy, time into prayer, but you feel like heaven is on a recess. It's like heaven doesn't hear your prayer. You feel like the roof above you is this ceiling that is not cracking to allow your prayer to penetrate and get to Jehovah God. A dry spell, ladies and gentlemen, is a season of desolation. It is a season of barrenness. It is a season, for example, when your business is not yielding profit despite your meticulous efforts to push it to the next level. A dry spell is a season, for example, your marriage is not yielding what it promised you, regardless of your dedication, your commitment, and your sacrifice to it. Because honestly, when you get married, you have a lot of hopes, isn't it? Yesterday we joined a wedding and I could see a lot of hopes in the face of those two lovebirds. When you get married, you have a lot of hopes, but your marriage can go through a season of drought. It's a season that your children, as handsome, as beautiful, as chubby as they may, 
refuse to yield good grades as far as their tests and examinations are concerned. I wish I had a witness. Until you look around to see who between you and your wife is not intelligent. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's a dry spell. This is a season in your life that you are surrounded with uncertainty, confusion, and even madness. There is little or insignificant change in your life. Brothers and sisters, I've discovered the little years I've lived here on earth, I've discovered that a dry spell takes place just before a major transition takes place in your life. You didn't hear what I said. A dry spell precedes a major, mega shift that is about to happen in your life. When you're about to move to the next level, the gap in between there sometimes can be very, very frustrating. But I want you to know that it is a telltale sign to show you that you are just about to undergo a transition. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're just about to go to the next level. I have gone through a dry spell as well. I remember when I finished high school, I went through a dry spell. It was a very, very difficult moment uh, for me because when you finish high school, you have all these advisors who tell you what you should do and what you should become. They have all these wonderful suggestions. They look at you and tell you, maybe you need to be like this, or you need to be like this, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And sometimes when you sit down to try and digest all these suggestions, you become confused. And I was through with high school. I was in that state where I was going through a dry spell. I remember one person came to me and told me, why don't you try being a banker? And I said, wow, sounds like a good idea. So what I did, I went to the bank, not to deposit money or not to make withdrawal. I just went to see the people who were working in the bank. And I was very impressed, especially the ones who were working across the counter. Most of them were very smart, wearing their suits and their ties. Hey, and the ladies were very beautiful. And I said, if this, what, if this is what will do to me when I work in the bank, maybe I should be able to do it. Maybe I should pursue this course. Because man, they were looking very nice. Have you guys gone to a bank before? Do you understand what I'm talking about? But when I left the bank after a while, I mean, that desire just fizzled out. And I dismissed the idea altogether. I remember another one told me that, why don't you pursue computer science? And I thought, wow, it sounds very uh, sophisticated. Maybe I need to uh, become a computer something, an IT analyst or, or something like that. Somebody who deals with computers. And, and those days, we didn't have a lot of computers in our country. But they were, they were coming to our country. And everybody was talking about, you know, upgrading to computers. You know, we started talking about windows. We, talk, we started talking, we were moving from doors to windows. You remember doors? Ask your neighbor, when, when were you born? The country was moving from, in fact, the country was moving from typewriters. Then it moved to doors. Do you remember typewriters? My mother used to use that. We even used to have one in our house. So the country was moving from typewriters to doors and then to windows. And so somebody suggested me, why don't you do computer science? Because by the time these things come, you know, to our country, you'll be very marketable. And I thought about it. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. But when I discovered that it has some formulas and some mathematics are involved in it, I said, no, I, I, I will not take that direction. I will end up being frustrated. Why are you laughing at me? God is seeing you. And then somebody came and told me, why don't you try, you know, nursing? 
You can be a very good nurse. That one I told him, I didn't even think about it. I just told him, Abu, just, 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 just stop fast. I don't need to pray about that one. I don't need to fast about that one. I told him that one I can't. I can't. Because even me, even me, just, just the way I am, I can't stand being injected. When I'm sick and I go to a doctor, I can negotiate with the doctor to give me as many tablets as possible to avoid the injection. So if I can't allow myself to be injected, how, how about injecting other people? It would be difficult. Yeah. I, I, I'm not very, very comfortable when I see blood around me. I'm not very comfortable when I see broken limbs around me. I'm not very comfortable when I see injections around me. Some of you are very bold, but some of us, we are not. Maaf will tell you when we are watching a movie and I start seeing injections and emergency room and somebody writhing in pain, I, I, I block my eyes and I keep on asking her, is the scene over? <laughs> so that I continue with the movie. So I told the guy, nursing, no, that one is out. I cannot handle that one. I came to a place where I was so confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It was a dry spell in my life. I ended up going to Uganda. Somebody told me in Uganda the edu there is quality education. So I went to Uganda. And I was introduced to this school. It is a seventh day school. And so I told my father, I want to go to Uganda. So he gave me fare and paid whatever he needed to pay. And I went to Uganda. Wow. Drove all the way to a school there. It was a seventh day school. Got admitted. At night, I did not sleep. Because during the night, I was hearing gunshots. Gunshots all over the place. That's, that was the time that Uganda was not very stable. They were still having pockets of rebellion you know, in the country. So I couldn't sleep at night. When I woke up in the morning, I went to the, uh, I think I wanted to go to the, to the bathroom. So when I was leaving the dormitory to go to the bathroom, I met one of the guards, you know, of the school. But he was not having um, a rungu in his hand. He had an AK-47. That was the last straw that broke the camel's back. I went back to the dormitory. I picked my belongings and I left. I came back to Kenya. I said, this is too much. I can't survive this. Because I was, I was just imagining, maybe he was the one who was uh, using the gun at night while we are sleeping. What if he, become, he becomes angry? He can shoot all of us. It was a dry spell. I was confused. I didn't even know what I wanted and nothing was moving in my life. My life was clouded with confusion, with the fear of failure. It was a drought I was facing in my life. I want to submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that everyone here will go through a dry spell in their lives. Everybody here, you will face, you will come to a place where you go through a drought in your life. And that's why I want to share with you how to survive when that dry spell comes in your life. The dry spell is not a respecter of color. The dry spell is not a respecter of creed. The dry spell is not a respecter of gender. It is not a respecter of titles and status and positions. Everybody will go through a dry spell. Maybe you're going through it now. Or maybe you're coming out of it now. Or maybe you're just about to enter into a dry spell in your life. Can I tell you something? God allows a dry spell in our lives to reveal his power. God allows a dry spell in our lives so that his power can come in handy to sustain us. God allows that period or that phase in your life so that he can show forth his wisdom, his strength, and his power and carry you through that spell, a dry spell in your life so that you come 
out of it victorious, wiser, stronger, and better than you were before. The text before us, ladies and gentlemen, presents to us a dry spell. And this dry spell was caused or pronounced over Israel by a man called Elijah. He stood up one day and he said, there will be no dew and there will be no rain until I say so. I mean, Elijah was merciless. I wish he only said there will be no rain. But this was double dry spell. He said, no rain, no dew. You see, sometimes when you have dew and you don't have rain, you will still have vegetation. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But he said there will be no rain coming from up and there will be no water coming from the ground. Dew always is, from, uh, is, is, is in the ground or is on the ground. So he said there will be no rain and there will be no dew until I say so. Isn't that powerful? In fact, he was saying, this is not God saying, this is me saying. <laughs> Some merciless prophet. It will not rain until I say. So if I die before saying, <laughs> you will be in trouble. Say, it will not rain until I say so. So he didn't just speak concerning the absence of rain, but he also spoke concerning the absence of dew. This was going to be a severe dry spell in Israel. These were the people of God. Yet Elijah subjected them to a dry spell. These were people that God had called by his name. His hand was upon them. But the prophet subjected them to a dry spell. The words of a man of God are powerful. That's why you have to be careful how you treat a man of God. His words are very powerful. He didn't say that, said the Lord. He said, until I say so. The words of a man of God are very, very powerful. And when he spoke these words over the land, the Bible says the heaven was shut. There was no rain and there was no dew. People started suffering. I remember when we, when we went to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a city that was born in a desert. In fact, when you're landing, when you're landing, you can just see that it is a desert. There are no trees. It's a very dry place in Las Vegas. Yet they have converted that city. It's a beautiful city. I mean, when you get to Las Vegas, every day is a weekend. I think some of you would want to go there now. There is no Monday, there is no Saturday, there is no Tuesday, there is no Friday, there is no Sunday. Every day is a weekend. Las Vegas is a place of entertainment. It's a place of fun. It's a place of joy. It's a place of spending your money. It's for the rich. Those who just want to blow their money. And so when we were landing, we could see it is just dry. The place is dry. No trees, nothing. It's not green. And as soon as we stepped out of the plane, I could feel the heat. The temperatures were so high in Las Vegas. And within 24 hours, I remember waking up in the morning, my lips, my lip, one of my lips had cracked because of the heat. I was dehydrated because of the high temperatures, you know, in Las Vegas. And so I had to take some, more, I had to take some water, drink some water so that I try and hydrate my body. Can you imagine being in a place where it is dry and there is no water to drink? This was the situation in Israel. At least I had the option of drinking water. But there was no rain. There was no dew. So it was hot. It was dry. It was barren. And there was no water for people to hydrate their bodies. After a while, there was death in the land. No grass, no trees, no vegetation. The stench of death could be felt in Israel everywhere. Brothers and sisters, sometimes this is what we go through as children of God. We go through a dry spell. 
Have you ever been in a situation as a Christian where you see other people get blessed, but you're not seeing anything happening in your life? It's, it's a dry, it's a dry spell. I mean, people are testifying, and you, the last time you testify is like 30 years ago. Everybody else is testifying of how God is moving in their lives, how God is blessing them with nice jobs, how God is blessing them with this and that, a car, a promotion. But for you, it's like you're in this dry spell and nothing is happening. Can I go a little bit deeper? Have you ever been in a situation where even the people you see blessed, you feel like God should not even bless them? Oh, I wish I had real people in this house. Because you pray more than them. You give more than them. You serve more than them. In fact, you have integrity more than them. Yet, God is blessing them and he's like, he's just overlooking you. And I have a witness in this house. Until you're wondering, God, what's going Do I need to compromise to be blessed or what? Sometimes you can go through a dry spell, a difficult moment in your life. And you feel like you're stuck in the same rut. But this morning I came to preach and encourage you that you can survive a drive spell in your life. You can survive that season in your life. You can go through that season and still come out of it strong and blessed because God's hand is upon you. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, I shall survive. <laughs> Today I just want to preach that before you come out, you can survive it. Oh yes. Because sometimes you don't know how long it's going to take. It can take three years. It can take four years. It can take three months. It can take one year. It can take a week. While you are in that season, I came to tell you today that you can survive it. You can go through it and survive it. You can face it and survive it. In fact, I prophesy that it will not break you. It will not kill you. It will not destroy you. You will survive it in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor. Give them a high five and just tell them, I am a survivor. Mm. Because this too shall pass. You can survive it. Yes. You can go through it and survive it. Yes. You can face it and survive it. Because while, while, while this drought was there, there are people who are surviving it. There were people who were surviving. And one of them was Elijah. The one who caused trouble. <laughs> survived. The woman of Zarephath with her son, survived. I want you to know that you can survive a dry spell in your life. Come on, somebody. Am I preaching to somebody in this house? I say you can survive a dry spell in your life. Don't let it kill you. Don't let it destroy you. Don't let it make you give up on God. You can survive that dry spell in your life. And so this story, the text that we have read, it has two parts to it. Part one is God's providence in sustaining Elijah during the dry spell. Part two is Elijah's performance to come out of the dry spell. So I want to look at God's providence in the life of Elijah that helped him to, sus to survive the dry spell. And if I'm able, I'll look at the performance. But from the look of things, I'll just stay with providence. So that you can come next Sunday, I do performance for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's look at God's providence in sustaining Elijah during the drought. You see, in the midst of this drought, God's hand was still at work in the life of Elijah. And he provides three things. Number one, God provided the compass. Somebody say the compass. Oh, are you speaking to me or what? I say, say the compass. God provided the compass. God told Elijah, I want you to turn eastward. He gave him direction. He told him where to go during the dry spell. He showed him the direction to take during the dry spell. He told him where to go. During the dry spell. 
he gave him the compass. Even when it was dry and Elijah had limited options to survive, God still guided him. God still showed him where to go. Can I tell you this morning that God will guide you in your dry spell. Even if you have limited options of survival, you don't know where to go. You don't know which direction to take. You don't know which step to take. I want you to know that you will hear a voice telling you, turn eastwards. That will be your compass to help you survive the dry spell in your life. I wish I had a witness in this house. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11, the Lord will guide you continually. Who will guide you? The Lord. He will guide you continually. In fact, it continues to say, and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Even in your dry season, there will be a compass for you. Even when you don't know what to do, there will be a compass for you. Even when you're surrounded with darkness and confusion and uncertainty and ambiguity, there will be a compass for you. God will tell you what to do, where to go. He will provide a compass for you. I see guidance showing up in your life. I see direction showing up in your life. I see God honoring, ordering your steps in the right direction. Somebody shout yes in this house. There was guidance in the life of Elijah. You see, the most interesting thing about this story is Elijah pronounces a problem, but he doesn't have a solution to it. That tells me something, that we are not Alpha and Omega. We prophesy in part. We see in part. We know in part. You understand what I'm talking about? He spoke about the drought, but the same drought he prophesied about was going to kill him. Yeah. If God never came through for him, what he prophesied was going to destroy him. Yeah. But I thank God for God. He gave him a compass. He told him, turn eastwards. There's somebody who came in this service and you don't know what to do. May you find an answer before the service is over. May you find direction before the service is over. May you know where to turn before the service is over. Shout a better amen in this house. Wow. May God give you a compass. Secondly, the second thing that God gives him to survive the dry spell, he gave him the comfort by the brook Cherith. Gave him the comfort. He told him, I want you to go to the brook and relax there. That's going to, that's going to be your new joint. <laughs> that's going to be your house. That's going to be a place where you're going to find refreshment. Go to that brook. I have saved it for you. Go and stay there. Go and live there. Isn't it amazing that, you see, nobody discovered that brook. It had been there all this time. But it was saved for Elijah. What is yours is yours. You're not hearing what I'm talking about. I say what is yours is yours. Anything that has your name on it, nobody can take it away. You're not hearing what I'm talking about this morning. I say nobody can take it away. If it is yours, it is yours. If you're not ready for it, it will wait for you until you mature and step into it. I wish I had a witness in this house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So don't be afraid. Don't be, a, don't be scared. Your wife is your wife. Nobody will take her away. It doesn't matter how many handsome men are working in that office with her. If she's yours, God will preserve her for you. I mean people were dying and nobody discovered this brook. Because that brook was there to sustain Elijah. There is a brook for you. There is a blessing for you. There is a place of comfort for you. And it is tailor made for you. Oh, look at your neighbor and tell them my promise is branded. 
Oh, you are not understanding what I'm talking about. Look at another one and tell them my location is branded. It has my name on it. It has the initials of my name on it. And because it belongs to me, nobody can take it away. Nobody can take your job. Nobody can take your blessing. Nobody can take your favor. They can take your coat, but they will not steal your favor. Shout a better yes in this. He provided, sit down. He provided comfort for Elijah. Hallelujah. That was his new digs. It was his new joint. It was his new home. And Elijah goes to this place of comfort. Everybody is suffering. Elijah is enjoying his new home. People are dying. Elijah He's enjoying first class service in this location. Let me tell you, there are some things that God will exempt you from. Yes. Amen. Oh, you, you're, you're not understanding. You, you, you should not go through what everybody else is going through. Because you're a different person. My Bible says that you're a peculiar person. I don't have to go through what my great, 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 grandfather, grandmother, whoever went through. I am different. I say I am different and you are different as well. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm talking about. Look at your neighbor and tell them you are different. You don't have to go through what everybody else went through. God will snatch you from the curse of the law. Yes, there was a curse in your family, but it will not touch you. There was poverty in your family, but it will not touch you. There is sickness, disease in your family, but it will not. There is a brook of charity for you. Comfort. Comfort for him. A place where sit down. A place where he could not he didn't even pay for. It was just for him. One time I think I was having a meeting with some church workers and the lady stood up and he said I want to testify of the goodness of the Lord that the Lord has blessed me so much that one day my landlord woke up in the morning and he told me that you should not pay rent stay in the house and enjoy the house you see for some of you your landlord even right now as you are in church is plotting and planning and conniving how he can increase your rent. You're not hearing what I'm talking about. As, as you are seated now, he's thinking, what can I do to add 5,000 on top of it? Or 6,000 on top of it? But for this sister, God touched the landlord to allow her and her sister, I believe, to live in a house without paying rent. No wonder the Bible says, you shall live in houses you didn't build. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm talking about. That is the comfort we are talking about. I prophesy, may God give you your own house. Your house, the house you didn't build. Vineyards you didn't plant. Shout a louder amen in this house. Look at your neighbor, give them high five and tell them my comfort is coming. In a dry season, Elijah was enjoying comfort. Let me give you number three. God also provided the comestibles. He provided the comestibles. Tell your neighbor it's a real word. He provided the compass. He provided the comfort. Now he provides the comestibles. Comestibles is simply food. <laughs> For those who are trying to scratch your head, tell your neighbor it's just food, food, food. God provided food 
He provided nourishment. He provided comestibles for Elijah. Look at what the Bible says. That God commanded two things. The first thing that God commanded is the ravens. He, command, he spoke to the ravens. Say, ravens, come here. And they stood before God's attention. Say, yes, sir. Say, I command you to go to the brook of Cherith every morning and every evening with food in your mouth to feed my servant. Morning and evening. Commanded them to take what? Bread. And what? And meat. Bread and meat. Morning and evening. Bread and meat. Morning. When I was reading this story, I started realizing that these people who tell us not to eat beef, were they sent by God or who? Anyway, but that's another story for another day. Morning. Bread and meat. Evening. Bread and meat. The guy is just eating bread, eating meat, and drinking water. Eating bread, eating meat, and drinking water. Hey! This man was being pampered. It was room service. Was just there waiting. Oh, breakfast is on the way. He eats. When he's full, he relaxes. Oh, dinner. Is on the way. Every day. And the ravens had been commanded by God to feed him. Some of you don't know what ravens are. Ravens are extremely versatile and intelligent and opportunistic creatures in finding sources of food. They are very intelligent. They are very smart upstairs. And they will seize every opportunity to find a meal. And ravens, by the way, love meat as well. Yeah. I mean, if you put if you put um, if you put meat in the in the in, in the in the I think it's the beak, not the mouth, the beak of a raven, it will eat it. Yet God is saying, I command you, don't eat it, carry it. To who? To Elijah. Can you imagine they are carrying the meat? They are salivating, but they are just carrying it because. <laughs> They had been what? Commanded. By who? By God. And they carried the meat faithfully for so many days. We don't know how long they did this. And they brought the meat and the bread to Elijah. Now, do ravens manufacture bread? Do ravens cook meat? I believe Elijah was not eating raw meat. He was eating cooked food. You see, God had to choose a bird that is very smart. A bird that knows where to get food from. He had to choose a bird that had the capacity to go into somebody's kitchen. And pick food. And bring to who? And bring to Elijah. That is how great our God is. That God will prepare a blessing that you need. He will bring exactly what you need during your dry season. He will use everything at his disposal to ensure that you get what you desire. I wish I had a witness in this house. You understand what I'm talking about? I mean, he could not just have chosen any other bird because some birds, some birds don't understand what meat is. So they can't bring meat. He chose a raven. Because a raven has a chemistry with meat. And the raven was faithful. The ravens were faithful morning and evening. Bringing what? Meat and what? And bread. In fact, when you study, the theologians are saying, these ravens used to go to the palace. They used to go to the palace because, you see, when there is famine in the land, there will still be food in White House or State House. Yeah. The president will be the last person to die. 
You're not understanding what I'm talking about. So that means Elijah was eating the best meal in the land. Even during a dry season, his lifestyle never changed. His diet never changed. That is what God is going to do for somebody in this house. That even when situations and circumstances are tough, you will maintain your lifestyle. You will maintain your diet. Shout a better yes in this house. Hey. Look at your neighbor and tell them nothing is going to change. Even when I go through a dry spell. The devil is a liar who has been telling you that you will lose this, you will lose that, you will lose this. But our God is showing up in your life to maintain everything that belongs to you. Your food, your honor, your comfort, your everything. There was a dry spell. But the life of Elijah continued. <laughs> this is powerful. One time we were at the airport with Pastor Mary and we saw a lot of people traveling. And I said, when you don't travel, you will think people don't travel. But it's only you who is not traveling. There are people, whether there is recession or not, they are traveling. Whether there is recession or not, they are eating. God is speaking some of you to join those people. Do I have two or three people who are joining those people here? Do I have four? Do I have five? Do I have 20? I usher you into that level in the name of Jesus. Shout a better year. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, I've just stepped into another season. Some things in my life will never change. My comfort will never change. My diet will never change. My dressing will never change. My outlook will never change. Jehovah God will show up in my dry spell season to maintain, to sustain provision in my life. If you believe him, give him a shout of praise in this house. Please sit down. Your children, even when the economy is not doing well, they will still be in a good school. I prophesy you will not change their school in Jesus. Who am I preaching to this morning? I say I prophesy they will not change schools in the name of Jesus. You will not take them to Evuchinga Primary School. A school that doesn't have doors. A school that doesn't even have electricity. Even the road that leads to the school is not there. You have to climb bushes to get that. The devil is a liar. God is sending ravens your way. To sustain your lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Shout a better yes if you believe it. <laughs> Look at another tell them neighbor. My life is not going under. I refuse in the name of Jesus. I know there is no rain. I know there is no dew. I know there is nothing that is happening in the land. But I have Jehovah God on my side. My life will not go under. I will survive. I will survive. I will survive the dry spell. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Some of you, I prophesy, even if they take your job, you will survive the dry spell. Even if your business goes under, you, oh, I feel the prophetic anointing coming upon me. Even if your business goes up in, in flames, God will come through. He will guide you. He will guard you. He will shield you. You will survive. I want you to give five people high ten around you and just tell them I will survive. The dry spell. I will survive. 
the dry spell will survive. Shout yeah! Whoa. Sit down. I'm not yet done. Elijah is enjoying the brook. The ravens are coming in the morning. The ravens are coming in the evening. No rain. And then the unexpected happened. Bible says the brook dried up. Oh. Elijah one time after eating and is belching, went to the brook to try and get some water. Sorry, water. There was no water. And Elijah was wondering what's going on. Am I also going to die? And then while he was there, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord <laughs> came to him again. And God told him, Elijah, arise. I'm changing your house. <laughs> arise. I'm moving you to another location. I want you to go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow there. You see, this time he had commanded a raven. And that season was over. You see, you, see, you need to understand seasons. God will take you through seasons. There's a season where ravens feed you. When that season is over, ravens will not come. I believe even maybe the ravens died. Because there was no more rain. No more food. There was scarcity. Or ravens changed their mind. Instead of bringing food, they started eating. <laughs> and so God now uses another vessel. My goodness. When one avenue dries up. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a witness in this house. When one source dries up, God opens up another source. And he tells Elijah, go to Zarephath because I have commanded a woman to feed you there. And Elijah goes to see this woman. Long story short, when you go to this place, sit down. When you go to this place, he meets a woman. She's gathering sticks. Sticks. So she can cook her last meal and also die. She was also being subjected to the drought. And she was going to die. And God says, I have commanded that woman to feed you. But by the time Elijah meets the woman, the woman has no clue what God had said. Because I expected when he meets Elijah, the woman could have said, oh, Elijah, I'm so glad you have come. God spoke to me yesterday, telling me you are coming. She didn't say that. In fact, she was wondering the kind of instructions Elijah was giving her. Bring me water. While she's going, while you're going, bring me some cake as well. It took Elijah's voice to make her understand that God was commanding her to feed Elijah. You, 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 you're not understanding what I'm talking about. You see, your man of God will tell you what God has commanded you to do. Because you will not hear the voice of God directly. You will hear the voice of God through your man of God. And whatever your man of God tells you is God speaking to you, commanding you to do. But that's a story for another day. Elijah is eating. And the woman with her son are watching. Can you see that picture? This woman was having her last meal. And she's going to die. She said, if, 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 we, if we eat this food, after this food, we wait to die. And here is Elijah showing up in this house. He's given the food. He's eating. And the woman and her son are watching. One of the things that can really break your heart is when you're eating and a child is looking at you. Just... 
licking the lips. You break your heart, isn't it? But Elijah, keep on licking your lips, but I have to finish this. When he finished, he prophesied and he said, from today, the bean of flour will never get finished. And the jar of oil will keep on flowing. In other words, it was not just Elijah being sustained by the woman. But God was using Elijah to sustain the woman. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm talking about in this house? I want you to know that when you read the story to the end, the Bible says it's like Elijah stayed in this house for a while. Because God used Elijah to sustain the woman and God used the woman to sustain the Elijah. And so they had to be together in unity so that they may be able to survive the drought. He stayed in the house until God spoke again. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that you can survive the dry spell. Because if one brook dries up, God will open up another brook for you. So that you may survive the process. I see you surviving in Jesus name. I see you going through it successfully in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes in this house. Give somebody a high five and just tell them I will survive this. I will survive this. I will come out of this. It will not kill me. It will not destroy me. It will not destroy my children. It will not destroy my integrity. It will not discourage me. I will survive this. Shout yeah. Am I preaching to survivors in this house? I say am I preaching to survivors in this house? I prophesy with my eyes wide open. You shall survive. Your children will survive. Your family will survive. Your house will survive. Shout a better year. I want you to stand to your feet and just go to somebody and give them high five and tell them, neighbor, I shall survive this. I shall survive this. It will not kill me. It will not destroy me. I will survive this. I don't know what is your this. But the Lord will say to you. You will survive this. You will survive this. You will survive this dry spell in your life. You will survive the drought in your life. You will survive the famine in your life. Shout a better year. You will survive. No rain. No dew. But you will survive. I don't know how. But what I know is you will. You will survive. I don't know how, but what I know is you will survive. You came this morning to hear this message that regardless of the dry spell you're going through, I came to tell you like a prophet of God, you will survive. Shout yeah. Bible says he stayed, they ate, the oil was flowing. There was unga. There was jogo. There was soko. There was hostess. Pembe. There's kifaru. All those years. I don't know how long it was. But they survived. They survived. In fact the Bible is like saying it's three and a half years. They survive. The devil is alive. He can't take you out. I say he can't take you out. You will survive. 
before you come out, I want you to know, like Elijah, and like this woman, and her child, her son, you will survive as well. When you look at that picture, it's a picture of a family. In that house, it's a picture of a family. Elijah represents fatherhood. The source. The woman represents motherhood. A natural. And the child represents the next generation. They survived. They survived. Your future. Your future is bright. You're not hearing what I'm talking about. I say, your future is bright. You will survive, my friend. You will survive. Do I look like that confused fella? Wanting to be a nurse, a banker? Going to Uganda, not knowing what to do? I survived. I survived. And if I survive, you will survive as well. I say you will survive as well. I want you to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise in this. You shall. I want to pray with somebody here very quickly. You're going through a very dry spell in your life. Rush to this altar. I want to pray for you quickly. I want to pray that God will intervene. I want to pray that God will come through. I want to pray that God will cause ravens to come your way. I want to pray that God will send a man. God will send a woman. God will connect you with the right person to sustain you through that period. That difficult, dry spell in your life. I want to pray that God will come through for you in Jesus' name. You will survive. Before you come out, may the ravens come. Before you come out of it. Before you come out of it. Before you come out of it. When you get to this altar, lift up your hands to God. Lift up your hands to God and connect with God. Connect with God. Connect with God. Connect with God right now. Yes, connect with him, connect with him, connect with him. Connect with him right now in the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. If it's a family situation presented to God, whatever it is, you will. Your house will be preserved. Your home will be preserved. Your family will be preserved. You will survive. You will survive. You will survive. Shida bakata la la banda. Shinda la bakata la la bakandiri bisha. Come on, lift up those hands to God and just connect with God this morning. Yes, it is, a, it is God who led Elijah. It is God who directed Elijah. It is God who guided Elijah. Today, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will lead you. He will instruct you. May God give you a compass. May God give you comfort. May God show up in your life. Sheda bakata la la bashir. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come through for your children. Come through for your children. Come through for your children. I pray for them, oh God. Let them survive the dry spell. Let them survive that difficult situation they are going through. Let them survive the famine. Let them survive the drought. Let them survive the dry spell in their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, that that situation will not destroy them. It will not kill them. It will not make them throw in the towel and give up. I pray, oh God, that they will stand strong in you and survive the moment, survive the season, survive the situation. They will survive it in the name of Jesus, regardless of how long it takes, oh God. I pray, oh God, that they will survive. Give them strength to survive. 
Lift up your hands. Father, I pray as they lift up their hands to you. It's a sign that they're asking that you may help them. It's a sign that they're asking you may guide them. You may provide for them. You may instruct them. I pray, oh God, that may you touch those hands. I pray that may you turn their situations around. I pray, oh God, that may you come through in finer details as far as their drought is concerned, as far as their famine is concerned. I pray, oh God, that as they go through that dry spell in their lives, let them see your comfort. Let them see your provision. Let them see your hand working in their lives, oh God. I pray, oh God, that may you make a way where there is no way. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you send ravens their way. I pray that you send a woman, you send a man, you send a young person. You send who you need to send their way, oh God. To help them survive. To help them survive. I pray that it will not kill them. It will not break them. It will not cause them to be depressed. It will not plunge them into depression. In the name of Jesus, it will not make them curse you, oh God. It will not make them doubt your promises over their lives. It will not make them think, oh God, you have forgotten about them. I pray, oh God, that let them see you. Let them see you. And even as they go through the transitions, let them see you. Let them see you. Father, may your word be very, very clear in their hearts. May your voice be very clear in their hearts. May they hear the voice that leads them eastwards. The voice that gives them direction. As far as their situation is concerned. Do it in the name of Jesus. Do it in their lives in the name of Jesus. Do it in their lives in the name of Jesus. Touch them Jehovah God. Come through for them Jehovah God. Heal them oh God in the name of Jesus. Do only what you can do in their lives in the name of Jesus we give you praise and we give you glory because they are leaving this altar having survived the dry spell in their lives in Jesus name we pray everybody shouts amen give God a praise in this house well that wraps up another powerful sermon at the City of Transformation Church podcast. We're grateful you chose to be part of this transformative experience. Remember, the impact of these words doesn't end here. It's a catalyst for change in our daily lives. Carry this inspiration, share it with others, and let's keep transforming together. Until next time, stay blessed, stay transformed. See you in the next episode.